Hi, and welcome to the Sports Info Solutions Baseball Podcast. I'm Mark Simon. We hope that you're well wherever you are and that this podcast provides a respite from anything you may be dealing with related to the coronavirus. On today's show, we talk to one of the great defensive minds of the game. So much experience, so much wisdom to be gleaned from Braves third base coach Ron Washington. A couple of things before we begin. One is that in the interest of audio quality, we re-recorded my asking the questions. We could have talked to Ron Washington for a lot longer than we did, but schedules dictated the interview length be what it is. So we didn't get into things like defensive positioning or analytics and how he views uh, each of those things. Hopefully we'll get to do that another time. Ron Washington played parts of 10 years in the major leagues with five teams, almost entirely in the 1980s. He was primarily a shortstop, but also played second base and third base. He then went into coaching. With the A's, he was known for his defensive expertise, working with Eric Chavez and Miguel Tejada, among many. Washington managed the Rangers from 2007 to 2014, taking the team to the World Series twice. He since went back into coaching with the A's and now the Braves. He's their third base coach and a mentor to players like Ozzie Albies. Ron, please let us know, first of all, where you are and how you're doing. Well, I'm in New Orleans. That's where I'm from, New Orleans. And um, I'm at home, and I'm, I'm making the best of the situation. Getting out when, when I have to, and when I don't have to, I stay in. What's the most interesting thing you've done during the pandemic? Well, geez, I don't, I don't know if you call it interesting, but uh, I didn't realize I had that much work going on around the house here. I thought I was taking care of it before I went to spring training. So I've been pretty busy cleaning attics, cleaning closets, uh, you know, cutting grass. Uh, I mean, that's what I've been up to lately. I didn't know I had that much work to, to do around here. What does the idea of defensive excellence mean to you? Well, it means that you give the pitcher a chance to, to log innings and, and stay in the ball game. And the longer you can keep a pitcher in the game, the better chance you have to be successful at the end of it. Uh, that's what defense means. They put a ball in play and it's an out. Uh, you want to have the out. And usually in the game of baseball, and in most games where defense plays, um, you make a mistake on a defensive end, especially when you're playing at a high level. Um, it usually costs you. And those that make less mistakes are the ones that are the most successful. You give your pitcher a chance to log innings, which uh, we want bad. What did Chico Fernandez teach you? I was reading about how he played for the Dodgers, the Phillies, the Tigers, and the Mets in the 1950s and 60s. He was one of your first coaches. Well, I'll tell you, he, he told me, uh, he certainly taught me how to continue to uh, pursue and um, to be resilient. Um, uh, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, tremendous work ethic. Uh, the same things that I teach anyone that comes in contact with me, especially these young guys we got in Atlanta. Uh, work ethic is, is is paramount. How you go about your business. The game of baseball is about repetition. And the more you can repeat what you may have to do when it's real, the easier it becomes to do. And um, so that's what uh, defensive excellence uh, come into play. And that's exactly what Chico Fernandez taught me, how to make certain uh, of your preparation and be ready to handle anything that the game throws at you and, you know, and, and do it without a surprise. Is being a good defensive player hard from a mental perspective? Yes, it is. Because 
because there's something you have to take pride in. Um, if you just think that you can show up every day in a grind of a 162-game major league season or the grind of a 140-something game minor league season and not work every single day at your craft thinking we'll be there, there's very few guys, and uh, you probably can count them on one hand, that has that magic where they are able to just show up and everything continues to fall into place. The rest of us have to come to the ballpark and work at it. And um, if you want to be excellent, especially in the game of baseball, if you want to have that as a criteria, um, I, I believe you have to work every single day and don't take a day off. And when the weather um, have you to the point where maybe you can't get outside, you got to figure out another way to do it on the inside. Um, all it is is just make certain that you're prepared because there's no perfection in the game of baseball. So when things go bad, uh, you deal with it. But if you never worked at it and prepared yourself to go do what you have to do on a daily basis, when things go bad, that's when you find guys going to tailspins that they can't get out of. You grew up in the 1950s and 60s, played in the 70s and 80s, and coached since then. What has the evolution of defensive play been like to you? I just was fortunate that I came up in uh, organizations that prided themselves in, in defense. That was the Kansas City Royals and the Dodgers. And then when I got to Minnesota, they certainly did prided themselves in defense, too. And through all of that, that's where I got my knowledge. I mean, uh, I certainly wasn't born with uh, being able to uh, teach defense, uh, uh, make someone understand how important defense is. I learned it through the process of uh, uh, being in the minor leagues, uh, you know, uh, going through the process, working every day, failing. You know, in the game of baseball, is uh, is about failure. I mean, you fail seventy percent of the time. So just think about that. If you fail seventy percent of the time in, in, in any other job, you wouldn't have a job. So you can't be walking around and concerned about failure because if you believe in your process, um, you won't see a sign of failure very often. What was the best lesson that failure taught you? In nineteen, um, let me see, eighty six, eighty seven, eighty eight. In nineteen eighty eight, I went to the Cleveland Indians uh, from over in Baltimore, and we had a couple games that was bought out by Marathon Oil. And one day I was playing shortstop, and someone was running through the stands with a big old sign: "To error is human, but to error is Ron Washington." I had a bad day that day. Hey. Defensively. Yep. And then the next day, I came back and won a game for us. You know, so, and the thing is, if, if I would have allowed that to get under my skin, and the manager would allow that to get under his skin, um, you know, and you got to know people, and he knew me. So he, he gave me another opportunity the next day. So I went from a coach to a hero in less than 24 hours. Most people know you as an infield coach. You actually started as a catcher in your playing career. What was that like? It was one of those things where I came up in a neighborhood where nobody wanted to be the quarterback. That's how I ended up being a quarterback in high school. Nobody wanted to be a catcher, and I wanted to play. And I didn't care where I played, so I, I went to, I took the catching spot. And um, I was a pretty good catcher. I just never uh, picked up the weight to stay back there. Um, I caught, let off, and let leaks and stolen bases. And but when I got to Double A, uh, the Kansas City Royals decided that they had me on a a, full, a diet too, trying to put weight on me. I was a 138 pound catcher, <laughs> and 
them. They said, no, when you get to double A or get hired, these guys are not going to end up sliding. They're going to end up going through you. And all it would take was one collision, which I was fortunate for the four years that I did catch, that I was able to protect myself when I got a ball at home plate. But they were correct. You know, if I double A, they, they played a little different. They played at a higher pace. Uh, every, every run was important. Um, and they played right. So they moved me from behind the plate. But... Uh, uh, that's how I became a catcher because no one else in my little league uh, area wanted to catch. Were you someone who was a pitch framer? I wouldn't well, call myself a pitch framer, yeah, okay. but I was a I was a pitcher singer. I used to sing to the pitcher when I was back there. You're the best in the world. Rock fire to me. I didn't know no difference. I mean, I'm talking to my pitcher and trying to talk him through innings. And guess what I did? I did. I talked him through innings. How have you evolved as a coach? Well, I mean, every year you uh, evolving as a coach has to do with the pupils that you got. You know, the difference in the players. Um, I'm the same old guy. I'm, I'm, I'm a hardcore baseball guy. And I don't change uh, who I am, but I do change my approaches according to the people that I deal with. Um, if, if I could just continue to be who I am, um, I will. If I have to make an adjustment, I will. And that's what coaching is. I mean, that's at any level. You be who you are until you have to make an adjustment. I'm one guy dealing with eight or nine or ten guys. Uh, so you try to get them to adjust to you. That don't happen all the time. But if I have to adjust to ten guys, um, you have to do what you have to do. But you talk to any coach. I'm one guy. I'm going to do what I have to do to make you adjust to me. And if you're around me on a daily basis, you'll adjust to me. I'm not going to have to adjust to you now. I will adjust to you in certain situations. But for the overall product, I'm one guy. And y'all are 8 to 10. So we got to get on the same page. Um, and usually we do. And the only reason that happens is because I've been taught well to all the people that helped me grow as a young man and into my age of coaching and passing and so forth. I want to ask you about two of your guys, two of your more prominent pupils. One would be the A's third baseman, Eric Chavez. Well, you know, when I first met Eric, uh, when he came up from, from double-A, matter of fact, he came up from double-A, and I had the, the minor league director gave me a list of the things that Eric had trouble with defensively. And when I looked at that list, the first thing came out of my mouth was, why is Eric here if he can't do this? And he said, well, you know, he could swing the bat. So I took the list. I went and got Eric Chavez. I went down on the bench, and I never showed Eric the list. I said, Eric, they gave me this list and said what all you could do and can do. And Eric, before I could finish, said, wash, I catch the ball. What I have problems with is consistently throwing it over the first base. Well, right away when he told me that, as long as I've been teaching infield, I knew what the problem was. The problem was just trying to get him to get his bottom half synced up with his top half so, he throw, so his throws can stay consistent. And Eric won six gold gloves. And the only thing i ever done with Eric Chavez is help him learn how to use his feet. So you see, it's not always something large. It's not always something that you have to lose your mind about. You just got to know what you're doing. And when Eric told me what he was having problems with, well, as long as I've been teaching infield, and any other infield coach should know this also, then I know I had to fix his seat. I fixed Eric's seat. That's all I did with Eric Chavis, and the rest was history.
And now someone you currently work with, Ozzy Albies, the second baseman. There's a video of you and him online that has gotten 1.2 million views as you put him through a little bit of a workout uh, on the defensive side. Well, the first time I met Ozzy, when um, they brought me over here, uh, he still had just come off an operation where he had to pin in his arm. And (laughs) my work in in, uh, Wide World Sports was on the backhand field, so I got a cart because they told me this kid, Ozzy Albies, was on the backfield. And I mean, they had told me who this kid was and, you know, how special he is. So I ride, ride back there, and he's back there with a trainer taking ground ball. So I walks up to the trainer, and I said, hey, I introduced myself. My name is Ron Washington. So I'm the infield coach here. Do you mind if I take over? He said, sure, but he can't throw. I said, I don't need him to throw. So I walked on the half field over to Ozzy, and this is the way I introduced myself. I said, my name is Ron Washington. I brought two towels with me because I always got two towels. You know, me to kneel on one and my people to kneel on one. And I said, I had two towels with me. I said, my name is Ron Washington. I want you to kneel on this towel. You're about to figure out who I am. And he looked at me like I was crazy. And from that day forward, um, he wanted to be as great as he is right now as a 21, 22-year-old and will be better as he age. He wanted to be what, he, what people are seeing of Ozzy Elvis right now. When I first met him, this is what he want to be. He want to be the best. And he do whatever it takes to be the best. Every day, this kid don't take a day off. He don't let adversity affect him. He comes every day and tries to give everything he can to his teammates, to his organization, to his family, and to himself. And, you know, it's not always in that order. But that's his attitude, and that's the attitude I got out of him from the first time I met met him. And that's the attitude I portrayed from the first time I met him. So me and him hit it off very well the first time we met. Two more questions for uh, Ron Washington. Who's the person that you consider as an exemplary example of defense in the game, and what should you watch about that person in terms of how they go about their business? The, the, the thing is, how you can see how they go about their business, it's tough to see it when the game starts. <laughs> yes, they make, they make the plays, but you have to get to the ballpark and watch them work. Watch how they go about it. They, they work every day. And then when the game starts, you look out there and you can look at them and see how good they are. Then you'll know why they are as good as they are by the work they do behind the scenes. So just come into a ball game and watch them out there. Yeah, they make plays. But uh, you really don't get the full advantage of the time and the effort and the things they do to make them as good as they are. So, um, like I said, I learned that uh, from Chico Fernandez. Um, I was around uh, Cal Ripken. Cal Ripken was one of the smartest guys, as a matter of fact, I played with him. He was one of the smartest guys that I've ever been around on the infield. Cal Ripken had no range, but Cal Ripken always ended up in the right place because Cal Ripken took the time to understand his pitchers. He took the time to understand what the, the, the batter at the plate strengths and weaknesses were, and he always was in the right spot at the right time. And, um, you know, it was impeccable, the things that Cal Ripken did. Um, you had to be around him, like I said. Yeah, you watched him every day, but you had to be around him to understand why he played as many games as he played, why he was always in the right spot on the field at the right time, why he won during that period of time when um, 
when, when Baltimore was winning, yeah, they had other studs on that team, but uh, the strength up the middle on that team was the key. All right, last topic. What do you like most about coaching defense? Well, I, I just like putting in the time every single day, and then when the game starts, shedding in the dugout and watching all the work that we've done play out there on the field. Everything they do out there on the field, we've rehearsed it. And what advice would you give a coach? That's the advice I would give him. Work diligently. Make sure they're doing the right thing on every single day. Make sure that the work ethic is at the highest level that you can get it. And then when the game starts, kick back and watch everything that you put in with those kids happen. That's the fun of work as a coach, is to watch them when they get on the field in between those lines and the things that you drilled and drilled and argued and argued about with them. And you do want them to have their own say now. You want them to talk back. I'm not talking about talking back where it being flip. I'm talking about talking back where they're expressing to you their feelings. And you should know when they're being uh, obnoxious or if they're just expressing their feelings. And if you don't ever let them express what they feel, you will never, ever be able to, as you say, expertly fix them and make them the defensive player that you want them to be. Coach Washington, thank you for taking the time to join us. And this wraps up this edition of the Sports Info Solutions Baseball Podcast. For Ron Washington and our producer, Justin Stein, I'm Mark Simon. Thanks for listening. Check out our new baseball book, The Fielding Bible, Volume 5. This book gives a comprehensive look at our new and improved defensive run save stat. It features essays on all 30 teams, research and studies on important topics, and stats and analysis you can't find anywhere else. That's Fielding Bible, Volume 5, available at actasports.com. That's actasports.com, or wherever you buy your books online. Thank you for tuning in to the SIS Baseball Podcast. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. If you have any questions, email the show at mark at sportsinfosolutions.com or tweet us at sportsinfo underscore SIS.